Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone. Do you know PE's work for the Rays? Yes, I do. I've, I've, I've talked to him about it once. Really? He enjoyed his time as a mascot. Pete was not their mascot, was he? Was he the Ray? He was Raymond. Well, oh, he's Raymond. Isn't that a big dog? It's a sea dog, Bink. You should, sea you dog, should, that's you right. Should, I you forgot. Should, you should I forgot the sea dog, yeah. We get quizzes every single week with these on the virtual Royals. Pete be a small sea dog, wouldn't he? Very small sea dog. Yeah. Vic Capel, the Royals, used to work for the Rays, too. It's a Rays connection. They win two out of three today. They beat the Kansas City Royals seven to two. Royals lose two out of three to the best record in the American League. They'll move on to the Minnesota Twins for a weekend series. Alex Smith, by the way, was on with Colin Coward. Alex Smith, always one of those guys that was always kind of bland, right, with the Chiefs. Turkey jumps out, that guy. You know, a guy that really wouldn't give you, give you nuggets. But it's funny with some of these guys because they turn in to be really good on the media, in the media side. Not only that, could he be a studio host? I think so. Could he call games? I think so, too. I would rather see Alex Smith calling games than on a network show, but he can do whatever he wants. But here was Alex Smith talking about playing with Patrick Mahomes his rookie year. Not Alex's rookie year, but Patrick's. So go back to the first couple practices with Mahomes. Did you see the magic? Oh, without a doubt that year, you knew you knew he could play football. I think, again, going back, it's hard as a quarterback when you got the jersey on um, and you're in practice and you're untouchable to really kind of fully see how that translates to the field, especially with Patrick, who a lot of the play, a lot of the magic happens – for off him, script. Off script, and, and he's so good at it and has such great instincts. So you could see that on the field. And then you saw the confidence, I think. For me, I remember like midway through the year, and we would compete at everything, like quarterbacks. It was, it was a fun fun time there. Coach Nagy was still there, and we're rolling. We would compete hard. You know, we'd be doing individual drill and just, you know, it was like who could beat who over there. And I remember, you know, he's, he jumps in for some reps running scout team against our defense, and we had a good defense at the time, and like, I remember the first couple of times he starts whipping around no look passes, and you're like, "That's not that's not normal," you know. <laughs> like just from a confidence standpoint, like who has the confidence to just like whipping in no look slants? Like the only guy I've ever seen that's Brett Favre ever do something like that. And really, then you know that that final game, week 17, to watch him, you know, we had clinched and we couldn't we couldn't do any better, so I wasn't playing, and and he got he got to go out and play. And to see it live in action, I mean, it was like, yeah, this kid's got it. Because I don't care what your physical tools are at the NFL level, and obviously his are special, but you you got to have you got to have it up here. You got to be able to process fast. You got to be able to play fast. And and really, it's a mental game at the NFL level. And and Patrick had it, and you know, and that was clear. I think throughout the season, his work habits, it, he could process information. And then you know, you 
you obviously pair that with like a crazy skill set. And, and he's, you know, this is what we've gotten. The guy that I really think one of the unique players in NFL history, especially to, to date, you know, winning the MVP that early on and, and, and a Super Bowl. So, uh, fun to, it's fun to watch. I mean, even for me just to have like a little sliver to have been there with it, with him in his rookie year, it's, it's fun. I'm such a big fat fan of Patrick's. And also just because of the person he is. He's such a great dude. He I mean, is. especially in the face of this kind of limelight. Um, and stardom to have maintained the, the good person that he is, is is even, you know, I think makes it more special. So is Alex Smith on with Colin Coward talking about the first year with, the, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now keep in mind, Patrick's one of those guys, and Alex Smith kept a cool head about it. This kid was doing good. Like Mahomes was killing it. Like he was doing things against that defense. Those defensive guys will tell you they were part of that team. Like, man, they'd never see anything like it. It's much different than the Jordan Love situation with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Patrick, or I mean, Alex Smith, he groomed Patrick Mahomes. Had he moving over to dinner, he knew what was on the horizon. Not only that, did Kansas City give Alex Smith the heads up they're going to draft Mahomes? They absolutely did. A hundred percent. I mean, that's something that was talked about throughout the draft process, not just by Coach Reed, um, everybody involved in the personnel department. Yeah, with, and I mean, and, and I'm talking multiple times. Hey, this really might be something we're doing. Are you okay with it? This is going to be the situation. This is, I mean, you know, like uh, there were no surprises. I mean, it was it was absolutely laid out for me, um, and, and I think that all helps. You know, that when that stuff's communicated, um, it, it does make a difference how you treat people. So, like Aaron Rodgers, a little bit, right? Treat people how you treat people. Let them know up front. This is what we're going to do because this is a business, and you have to understand it's a business. I mean, Eric Fisher when he had his. Uh, his press conference out there in Indianapolis. You know, he's just, they're asking about the Chiefs, you know, getting rid of him and all that. Say, hey, it's a business. The NFL's been, he understands it. It's a business situation. But here's the Alex Smith, Kramer. When I look at Alex Smith, this is the TV Alex Smith coming out right here. Because what they always say, you got to have opinions. There's too many guys that sit on the, remember when Tony Dungy first got in the media on Sunday Night Football? Like he was sitting on the fence, right? And you could say a lot of times John Gruden was as well because he didn't want to criticize players too much because he didn't end up coaching them, right? He didn't want bulletin board material. So one thing they like is good opinions. Let's say in hot takes, but just have a strong opinion out of it. Turkey jumping out is not a strong opinion. Alex Smith's changed. He was asked about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Surprise? It's inexcusable. It's absolutely in it, I, I think. What do you mean? How they ever got to this point... I mean, Aaron's been there 16 years, what he's given to that organization and been there. And for them, I think, to, to what happened last year during the draft, and, and, and I haven't talked to Aaron about this, so I don't want to like put words in his mouth, but clearly to watch the interview and him talk about it, it's about the people. And it is, and Aaron's been there that long, and I don't think it was the fact that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. I mean, I think it's the fact that you just, how, how do you have a guy like Aaron and you don't go make sure beforehand you aren't, going out of your way to make sure that he knows that he's loved, that they want him there, that we may be taking a quarterback in the first round. We want to make sure you're okay with it. This is maybe what we're doing. We're thinking, I mean, how you haven't treated him the right way leading up to that and to the fact that, from my understanding, it's kind of like it was a bit of an unknown, a bit blindsided. You know, you go from potentially thinking you may be taking a receiver. You know, you're, you're thinking you're a move away from the Super Bowl. Right. And then blindsided with a pick. I just don't understand how an organization. He, how is he? Not, you have how you haven't addressed that beforehand when you make a move like that, and really made sure that everything is is tightened up and everybody's feeling good about that. 
Because if it's not, you're not doing it, in my opinion. You're just not. It's just not the way you, you run a business. It's not the way you're treating people. See, I, I get Alex Smith's sentiment towards Rodgers, right? Same draft class. But they're quarterbacks. They're going to have each other's back. You know, they should have told him. Well, obviously, the Chiefs are run differently because they told Alex Smith the writings on the wall. We're going to draft Patrick Mahomes, and they're very clear what they. But it's not about Jordan Love. It's about maybe telling him stuff. What do you need to tell him? And you heard Aaron Rodgers when he's on with Kenny Mayne. He said he thinks by winning MVP, it threw a wrench into the Green Bay Packers' plans. But again, it's a tough situation. He obviously thanks his coaches, thanks the players, thanks the fans. Says he wants to play. He doesn't like the front office. Doesn't like the GM. Gutenkoots. Doesn't like him. Well, if they make a move on the GM, it's going to look like they kowtowed to Aaron Rodgers. They're giving Aaron Rodgers what he wants. But again, it is so hard to find an elite quarterback in the NFL. You have to make a decision. Do you want the GM or the coach? There's very few quarterbacks that I think carry the weight that can get a coach run or get a GM run. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Russell Wilson. Anybody I'm forgetting, you said, all right, if this quarterback comes to the owner and says, I want this guy gone, are they gone? How many quarterbacks carry that cachet? Where they can walk into it? Because everybody's looking for that next guy. Derek Carr doesn't have this this, this type of authority in, in Vegas. Do you think Lamar Jackson does since he got paid? I don't know, man. John Harbaugh's got a ring. You would think Lamar that, doesn't. That, that quarterbacks that get highly paid, like we're going to probably see here with uh, with Josh uh, um, uh, uh, Josh Allen. So, I mean, we're going to see that happen here at some point. And I feel like he's going to be a guy that yeah, you can his weight was, or is going to carry on. Well, Buffalo's been looking for this guy since Jim Kelly. It's true. They're Jim hard Kelly's to find, really man. Good. They're hard to find. But what do you owe them? I mean, this goes back to colleges with boosters and donors. You know, they they want to say. I mean. No, they shouldn't hire the next head coach. They should have a say. Should D, T. Boone Pickens, late T. Boone Pickens, yes, he deserved to know what Oklahoma State was doing, right? His name's on the state. He gave millions and millions and millions of dollars. And you can also see with how beforehand, before we heard all the stuff, what happened with Deshaun Watson, you can tell how frustrated he was for not being able to be able to participate in said hirings, or he may not even have even a word down there but before I, that. But I understand how sometimes... You know, people want to be involved in things, especially like donors at colleges. You know why? Well, so, some want too much push, and they well, shouldn't boosters. get that. But should they be notified of what goes on? Because here's my problem with it. This is the catch-22. Because you say, now you don't need to know about this. But yet, when the school's having trouble and they want to buy out a coach, guess who they go to for money? They go to that person because they need millions of dollars. Who do they go to when they need to upgrade the stadium? Who do they go to when they need to add to the rate weight room. These things come privately, privately funded. So you run to those people in those situations, but yet you're not willing to share information with them on the other. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Kansas in that situation, they needed to get rid of less miles. They pissed off their alumni. They pissed off the money. And the money's not coming unless you make changes. They spoke. It's different than Aaron Rodgers. But again, Alex Smith starts with that that's inexcusable, right? He's going to have the quarterback's back. He's going to have the back. But how much power do you give a quarterback at that age that's almost 40 years old? How much power are you giving him? It's not like he's Patrick Mahomes' age where the sky's the limit. Patrick Mahomes is going to be in a lot more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers is. 
right? He's gonna only he's not even gonna be a twinkle of the eye at State Farm in a couple years. It's all gonna be Mahomes. And new quarterback. Maybe it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whatever that joins Mahomes. I don't know. Maybe Mac Jones. I don't know. Josh Allen. Maybe he's the discount double check. I don't know. But anyway, I find Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith will be in a broadcast booth at some point. I think this is uh his career, and he certainly changed. He certainly changed from the guy that was monotone, kind of boring, didn't want to hear of Alex Smith much. He's changed. And I knew it right off the bat when he used the word surprise. It's inexcusable. Inexcusable. That's not Alex Smith. I liked it because it shows his future and where he wants to go. Speaking of comments, the Chiefs have gone from the uh, the hunted to the hunter once again. Travis Kelsey, who does he want to play first off? We spoke to NFL Live and had some interesting things to say about the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that next. Bing at night. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Big Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone. Hope you weren't hailed on today. Sound like there's some hail, Kramer. Golf ball size. I was making the drive back into work. It was just pouring and pouring and pouring on 152. Did you see any hail? Um, I all I saw was rain, heavy rain hitting my windshield. Were the wipers on full blast? Yes. Yes. How many days a year do you actually put them on full blast? Because I was trying to think about that the other day because I've had mine on full blast a couple times this last couple weeks. It's very rare, usually intermittent. Full blast, maybe, not very maybe, often. Maybe, maybe twice, maybe five times a year, probably. Mm. It was just coming and down today. It was it was just heavy. What well, hasn't been a problem at Kauffman Stadium, right? We've had a little delays here and there, a little bit of rain. I guess they're talking rain Monday and Tuesday. We'll see. Pirates are coming to town. Same team that bot that botched that play against the Cubs. That's a feel good series. That's a very feel good series. It's a very very feel good series. 
to come to the Kauffman Stadium real soon. And if those games get rained out, which cross our fingers you don't, because for some reason the K is a vacuum, right? It's raining all around the city, but it doesn't rain there. It's one beautiful thing about Kauffman Stadium. They could play Wednesday because they're off. Pittsburgh's off. they got to get these games in because they won't see them again. Got to get them in. Regardless, Travis Kelsey says some things. Do you consider the Chiefs the hunted or the hunter? Because I've been saying they're turning into the hunter, and I have people keep saying they're still the hunted because they've made three straight AFC title games, which I can buy into that. But I think the Chiefs are the ones that are pissed at the Super Bowl loss. I think the players are taking it personally. And I think that uh, and I think that the Chiefs showed what they thought of the Super Bowl by redoing their offensive line. So it puts me in the Chiefs as a Chiefs fan back into the hunter mode. I think it go both ways. I think uh, in the AFC standpoint, not just the NFL in general, they are being the hunted. But when it comes to winning Super Bowl again, they're obviously clearly a hunter, kind of like pretty much every single team is. Even the Buccaneers still are a hunter team type of team. But still, I think there's just more teams now trying to beat them still, so therefore they are still the hunted. They become what the Patriots have become, that team you have to knock off. Yes. The team you know you're going to see at some point in the postseason – you got to beat them to get to the Super Bowl. But in the grand scheme of things, the NFL, they're the hunter. In the AFC, they might be the hunted. Here's Travis Kelsey when asked on NFL Live with Marcus Spears if he's gone back and rewatched the Super Bowl. I'll start off by saying, man, I hope I see those guys in L.A. at the end of the season. But we're just going to take it day by day, <laughs> uh, game by game, and uh, and see how the how the cards get dealt, man. I just um, You have to watch it. You have to watch the game. Uh, you have to be a man about it and figure out what you did wrong and how, you know, if you get put in those situations again, how you can have success. And, uh, I mean, just being a man about my uh, my, um, my losses, uh, the th- the times in, in, throughout the game where I, uh, I came up unsuccessful on my one-on-one matchups, um, you have to you have to be able to, to learn from those opportunities or those situations. And that's all mm-hmm. we're doing right now is trying to, you know, uh, sharpen our tools so that this year we can hit the ground running and get our, give ourselves a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. Hopes they'll play him again. They're one and one against the Bucs last year. Wants to play him again. That's what the season's about. And you should have this in your blood. You should want to knock off that team. Like Von Miller, he spoke this week with the about the Denver Broncos OTAs, right? What Von have to say? The Broncos doing good. I'm doing good. So we're all kind of tied into this thing together. And, you know, I just want to win and compete. You know, we lost to the Kansas City Chiefs five years in a row. I want to change the five and a half years in a row. You've lost to him 11 straight games, Vaughn. So you got to go back a half year on the previous year. You want to beat him. That's what they should be thinking about. They should be thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs. When the Chiefs are thinking of other bigger fish like the Buccaneers, the Super Bowl, you got teams in division wanting to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Even the Honey Badger uh, was asked about that today. He was asked if the Super Bowl loss makes him any hungrier. Yeah, I think anytime you lose, you. You know, you have a bad taste in your mouth. You know, it could be a Super Bowl. It could be week two, you know, week nine. Um, I think anytime you you lose a game, um, you have to sit on it for a while. Uh, it could kind of stay with you for a while. But, um, you know, just try your best to use it uh, positively. You know, um, just just try to dig deeper. Um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, just trying to find new ways to get better. You know, whether that be individually or whether that be as a unit. Um, so we got a lot of motivation right now. Uh, we got a lot of things that you know, we feel like could, could, could get us back, you know, to that stage and, and, and then capitalize on it. So it's all about us putting that work in, uh, you know, really believing in each other and, you know, uh, helping each other to get better each and every day. 
I mean, look at this, and you think about this. You know, you've seen the divisional rankings. I go through them later, and the Lock and Forest puts them out. NFL.com has put some out about the Chiefs. I know that Andy Reid's 31-5 and five since this, in this division since 2015, which is incredible. And even, it was 4-2 and two last year in the division, but you can take that last game with a grain of salt against the Chargers because they had their backup in. All of them, backups. So congratulations, Chargers. You beat the Chiefs' backups. Some will say, well, the Chiefs have three of the last four games on the road. Last year on the road, the Chiefs ate no. Again, you can put an asterisk by it because it was, you know, going places that's different because there was no fans. Clearly, fans do make a difference, but it's still the whole traveling and the, the pain in the butt that that is. But the year before, they were 7-1. and one. Matter of fact, the year before, 5-3. and three. The last three years, the Chiefs have gone 15-4 and four on the road. That's impressive. That's impressive, even with last year, because you can take this and say, well, the stadium's loud, and it's, you know, the fans, the 12th man, they get behind the fans, the crowd. That's just, this is what having an elite quarterback is. This is what having Patrick Mahomes is. You can win games on the road. It doesn't matter. They treat everything as, like, as even if it's a business trip, they treat that even here in town. Like they're, they're, they just know how to win. And the fact that you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, who clearly is the best quarterback in the NFL, it's, it's not hard to rely on him because he's going to pull through when he can. They know when to flip the switch. Just like that game a couple of years ago in some Broncos, it was snowing, right? They're making snow angels and all that. But they know when to turn it off. They know when to have fun, and they know when to turn. That's the mark of a good team when you know when to turn it off. And that's when also with that team mentality that they have, when they're down by 20, they can still come back and win a game. They, they, they've proven to have done that, and they've proven to put up 28 points in a quarter. This is a team that you can never count out no matter what. Well, you can't count them out because they will come back because they have a quarterback that's got a never-say-die attitude. And he finally lost a game by more than one touchdown. He hadn't done that before. Like, he hadn't. He kept anything, everything within a touchdown. He was the only quarterback that could say that. Travis Kelsey was also talking about the new-look offensive line that he got. And again, I'm very excited to see this new-look offensive line. I think it's going to be fun to see. Can they be one of the more physical lines in the AFC? I'll say there's two offensive lines that are ready to roll. One of those being the Colts which I have high feelings for this year, and the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns. They're the only team that has three all-pros on their offensive line. And Jaron Wills from Alabama, they got hurt. There was a first-round pick the year before that can be a stud on this offensive line. They could literally have four all-pros on their offensive line next year. That's incredible. So then you're talking Baker doesn't need to be great, just be good. Especially with that running game, just be good. And that defense... A lot of people are starting to see that defense now. I think it's going from 17 to a top 10 defense. Some have it's top five. I'm not there yet with Cleveland, but I think they can be a good defense. Here was Travis Kelsey about his new look offensive line. I'll tell you what, walking in that huddle, it's a little bit different this year. I love all the guys that we played with over the past couple of years, man. But when you walk in this huddle, um, we got big, big dudes, man. Big guys that are very accomplished at, at what they've done in, in the years past, man. Um, and it's just uh, it's fun. It's fun to have that uh, that new uh, refreshing atmosphere uh, when you walk into the huddle because it uh, it gets you excited. Travis Kelsey on uh, ESPN NFL Live. You've got to keep things excited. You got to keep changing things out. Yes, people were emotionally attached. Derek Fisher, you and Mitch Schwartz, but things change in the NFL. Look at the Patriots and all the pieces they've had since they won their first Super Bowl. Tom Brady to when they won their last one. Tom Brady. 
All the parts change. Look at the Steelers with Big Ben. All the parts change. The quarterbacks stay the same. In five years, how many members of this Chiefs team is actually going to be on it besides Mahomes? Maybe Butker, maybe. Maybe Townsend, maybe. But in five years, how many of these guys still on this team? Obviously, these draft picks, probably some of them going to be on the team. I'd say about 10. 10, people, 10 players. In five years? Maybe. I think that's a little hopeful. A little hopeful for 10 years. So you're talking more than a couple contracts with some of these guys. But regardless, I'm excited to see this new-look offensive line. Matter of fact, Andy Reid spoke today about the battle of what's going to be the right side of this offensive line. We'll discuss that next. At night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Big and I, Jay Binkley. Kramer, Sansone, producing the operation. Kramer TV times have been released for some games. You know how college football works. Usually it's done the week of or whatever with the time slots the conference gets. Yeah. Kansas State will play game one against Stanford at 11 a.m. It's one of those uh, kickoff classic type schemes. September 4th against Stanford, the All-State kickoff classic in AT&T Stadium. Not bad against K-State 11. I like it. They didn't complain. Oklahoma did complain. They put out uh, Joe Castiglione, their AD, put out a, a statement earlier because they are going to play Nebraska. Remember Nebraska was maybe not going to play Oklahoma. Now they are. Wait, Quote, Nebraska really wants to play a football game? Yeah. Oklahoma says this, We're bitterly disappointed that the great Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century will kick off at 11 a.m. We tried every possible avenue to proactively make our case. The Big 12 Conference also supported our strenuous efforts to secure a more traditional time that would honor this game in our fans. However, in the end, our TV partner chose to exercise its full contractual rights and denied our request. It's one of the big dogs in the conference, man. They're unhappy with the 11 a.m. time slot. Like, Kansas lives in the 11 a.m. time slot. They deserve to be in the 11 a.m. time slot. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm okay with this time slot. As, for as this. a fan, to watch it or whatever, yeah. I'm okay with that. But obviously, at Oklahoma, they don't want this. They don't want to start their tailgating at 7 a.m. Then again, also, once they start their tailgating at 7 a.m., they really won't care because they probably won't remember much of the game anyways. I know Kansas looking at this going, wow, we're always playing 11 o'clock. What's, what's the big deal, Oklahoma? We're always in this time slot. No poor Rob Redden was like trying to figure out how many times Kansas played in 11 a.m. time slot. It's a bunch. Well, you heard Travis Kelsey talk about the big dudes on the offensive line. Here was Andy Reid today talking about his new look offensive line. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been good, good for that. But uh, the main thing you want are, are good football players. And we've got a whole group of them uh, now, and it's great competition. I mean, those guys last year bowed their tail off, and I'm glad we have a few of those guys back. So, um, but and then Brett and his crew did a nice job of uh, with the influx of of uh, players, young and veteran guys. So we've got a nice nice nucleus. There's great. There's going to be great competition there, and that's going to make us better. And uh, like I mentioned before, we we really hadn't. Uh, or, you know, most of the emphasis has gone to other positions, and we were, we were able to kind of put. This is a priority to get things done there. And I thought Brett and his group did a phenomenal job of working it. It's going to be true competition for this offensive line. It's fun to see. Because that right side, you can have Wiley battling with Long. Maybe Austin Blythe is not that equation because Creed Humphrey wins the center job. Rimmer's going to be in the equation. LDT coming back. What are they going to do? So probably just going to keep eight offensive linemen. How are they going to make this? Here's what Andy Reid said about the battle on his right side which is clearly where the battle resides on this offensive line. Listen, there, there's going to be a battle on the, uh, on the right side. And, <clears throat> and um, you know, there, there are a bunch of guys that can play, and we'll just, you know, we've always done this. We take the, the five best and throw them in there. And, and so uh, we'll see how it all sorts out. Um, long right now, uh, you know, you talk probably the most rust that you'd think, uh, and he stepped in and done a nice job. So, I mean, he's – playing the right guard spot right now, but we know he also can play tackle and he's, he's jumped in there next to Remmers and uh, they've, they've moved right along and done, done a nice job. They're going to keep Kyle Long. Whether he starts or is a swing tackler guard, they're going to keep him. They're going to keep him for depth and, ex- depth and experience. But I'm excited about this right side of the line. I mean, St. Joe's going to be fun. You're going to see uh, reports, who's starting on which offensive line, who's in the running with the ones, who's running with the twos. It's going to be some real competition. Can Austin Blythe beat out the rookie Creed Humphrey? Creed Humphrey, who, by the way, can stamp with both hands, Kramer. Didn't know if you knew that. Left or the right. Depends on the quarterback what he wants. He's better with his left, but he'll do both. Named Dextrous. Named Dextrous. They, they call that a sign of uh, intelligence. Intelligence, uh, absolutely. You, you do know that I'm also ambidextrous. Bullcrap. It's true. You hit with your left hand, you weren't a switch hitter. So I can still write with my left hand. I can throw a baseball with my left hand. Why didn't you hit from I can both bowl sides with of the my left hand. If you, truly, uh, if you truly are, why didn't you bat from the right side, too? Because my pop came from the left. Then you're not totally ambidextrous. You're not a switch hitter that derives power from both sides. I can kick a ball with my left foot and my right foot. Then why weren't you hitting from both sides? Because your playing time might have gone up had you been a switch hitter. The funny thing is, I actually had a I mean, I had a very good average against lefties. When I was batting on the left side of the plate, so why switch over to the bat right side? To show your true value. Be an asset to the team. Be a I guy am. that can put from the right or the left. You know what? You're right, Mink. I might be uh, be somewhere in a minor league uh, system uh, right now. What do you eat with? It doesn't matter. Right or left? I mean, I can do both, Mink. I, What's your I, dominant hand? Right. And you were a lefty. That, that's, uh, you're not a duck, man. I know. I mean, I, that, that's a that's a good statement right there. I'm an odd duck. Well, th- th- there's no question. What's your dominant foot? Left. Really? Yes. Interesting. It's, I, I'm weird, man. Soccer was fun. Are you in, are you intelligent? I mean, I work in radio now, so you take that how it is. 
Regardless, it's going to be a battle on the right side. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. It's a camp battle that you probably don't care a ton about. You're more interested in probably watching the wide receivers do some work with the corners at training camp. I like this offensive line because the offensive line is the foundation of the whole team. The offensive line makes not only Patrick better, which is crazy to assume that he can get even better, which he's already the best, which is a good sign. And Clyde Edwards Alaire is definitely going to benefit from this offensive line. So will Kelsey, so will the receivers, so will a lot of things. And being able to run the ball in third and two instead of relying on the quick pass will be an asset for this offense uh, going forward. Here was Andy Reid when he was asked about Joe Tooney in Orlando Brown, if he's noticed anything in OTAs that he didn't realize before he got these guys. Well, I mean, listen, they're doing the kind of same things they were doing that we saw on tape, but I, I like the, the people and I like their work ethic. So you never know about that until you get them. Now, um, you know, the defense is running twists and they're <clears throat> blitzing. And so they're, they're all working. That whole front's working through the communication process with one another as they look at different looks. And I, I think that, um, you know, liking each other, being able to communicate, being smart, all those things matter. Um, and, and so uh, I like watching that as they go through that process. Keep it up, Spags, because one thing I kept hearing from the offense, how much pressure the defense has given them. Didn't hear that before. Didn't hear that with Bob Sutton, with the offensive players talking about the pressure derived from the defense. It's good. Makes the team better. Here's Andy Reid specifically on Orlando Brown. Yeah, so, um, well, Brad, this is what you'll find out with him uh, as you guys get to know him a little bit more. Um he very coachable. Um, Andy Hex a phenomenal coach. So, and has been there and has played the position. So, <clears throat> it's great for Orlando <clears throat> fundamentally to uh, to work with with Andy. And and listen, he's had good coaches before, but th- in this situation, for what we do, uh, there's no better nobody better than Andy. So, uh, to learn from. And, and so I think, uh, just the initial footwork that you have to take and he played half the season at left. So it's not that big of a thing, but the things we do in our offense, just a couple of, you know, the footwork things he'll, he'll, he'll get down and there'll be second nature to him. So, um, he's a nice addition. Speaking of footwork, we didn't really bring it up was Ricky Minicamp, Lucas Niang that opted out last year that was back here, picked in the third round from the Chiefs. He's in that equation on the right side. He's in an equation to battle. The veteran players like Mike Rimmers. I mean, I'll go back. I never forget what Bill Snyder said. I used to go to the Big 12 media days all the time with the SECs. And K-State had every single offensive lineman coming back. And Bill Snyder was asked about that. Said, oh, it's got to feel comfortable having all your linemen back. And his answer was illuminating. Said, yeah, I guess. But you want competition. You want guys not just knowing the position is theirs. You want guys fighting for that position creating depth, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs have done with this offensive line. Speaking of OTAs, Kramer, there was a what-the-hell moment down in Miami with the OTAs and the Chiefs' red zone defense. We'll talk about that next. Big at night. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
Welcome back to Big and Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer Sandstone producing. I saw you tweet out Willie Adamas home run with the Brewers. The former Ray. Former Ray. Ray's made a move for two relievers for the Brewers for Willie Adamas, their starting shortstop. It, it was a it was a straight big league club to big league club oh, trade. He was starting shortstop for the Rays, wasn't he? Yes. What do you think about those twinkles? I've seen uh, different people because they twinkle they uh, twinkle their lights, those LED lights on home runs. Yep. You a fan of that or not? I mean, I mean, it adds more to the aesthetic appeal of watching baseball, whether if you're at the game or if you are watching on TV. So I, I enjoy it. It's, well, it's kind of like it's kind of like fireworks. Do we? Do you like fireworks, Pink? I do. And yeah, well, let's let's keep having fireworks on those home runs. I know the LED lights. Some people like them, some don't. I know college football uses them, especially in the SEC when they transfer from the third to fourth quarter. They use those LED lights. Oh, I mean, and they, you could, the Royals can do it. They can flicker them all if they want to, and they can they come back on instantly too. So that's that's nice compared to if you have a a a, a thirty minute power outage or trying to get the lights to come turn back on. You, you do not want that if you're a big club. I just saw some people want to see the home run trot, and they don't like the uh, the flickering lights. I'm like, who cares? Like, really? Do you really want to see them trot around the bases? By the time, because you I mean you you're watching the ball. Leave the leave the park. By the time that, you know, it's out of the park, the guy's usually almost at second base, anyways. Because you're you're standing up, you're hooting and hollering, you're sure. high fiving your friends or something, and by then it's he's around third. So who's really watching the trot around the bases? I really don't care. I don't care either. The lights, you know, they, they flicker. I like it. Yeah, a lot of teams can do it. A lot of teams use it. Royals can use it. I think the Royals do at times. Yeah, it's towards the end of the no, game. No, when, when they win the game. Yeah, they'll flicker them. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. I heard this earlier today on, on, on 610, one of the shows. It was, it was Fesco or Cody and Gold. But Tua. And there's been some articles written about what he said at minicamp, right? Because minicamp's going on now. I have what the chief said. Can you believe he said this? I mean, I'm, I am shocked that he gave this information. Like, this is, this is TMI. Too much information where somebody's got to stop you from saying it. Well, I, I, I think last year... For, for me, last year wasn't, you know, uh, I, I, I wasn't as comfortable just in general. I wasn't comfortable calling plays. I think the guys that we had last year were were phenomenal. I, I just didn't have, you know, the comfortability of kind of checking plays, alerting plays, and, and doing that. I, I just rode with the play, even if I knew it in a way that it, it wasn't going to work. I was going to try to make it work still. So. Um, but the, the firepower that we have this year, I mean, it, it's good, but you, you got to get it out to them too. You know, they, you're able to protect yourself and then get it out to them, you know, have them make plays, then, then you'll be good. So, so you're saying that there were instances last year where you were, ex- this is where he just needs to stop Kramer just stop executing plays. You didn't feel comfortable with, and you didn't feel comfortable checking into other plays, checking out of those plays into other plays. Actually, what, what I'm saying is I didn't actually know the, like, the playbook necessarily really, really good, and that's on no one else's fault, you know, but my fault. And they, they our, our play calls were simple when, when I was in. You know, I didn't have alerts and checks, um, whereas now, you know, feeling more comfortable – you know, I can kind of maneuver my way, you know, through through these things now. It's no wonder they kept trusting Fitzpatrick, right? But you do admit this stuff. Like, they kept it simple. I didn't have the checks. This is a 10-win team. 
This was the team that was on the verge of making the playoffs. You know, great defense, wasted. I mean, I can't imagine like how this went over. Like player, I mean, I, I, they probably knew. But if you're on defense and you hear this, like we kept it simple when he was in the game. So, so is that it, really what you want to hear from your starting quarterback? It just sounds like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua went to a restaurant. Ryan Fitzpatrick got the regular menu and he got the kids menu. It's what it sounds like right now. This is this is you do not say this. Don't don't say this at all. You, I mean, this is I, I'm shocked. It's, it's, a, it's as bad as when we heard um, a Sam Darnold live because he was mic'd up saying he sees ghosts against the Patriots. I, I, you don't say that either. Like you you just do not say that you do you did not know the playbook to full expect because you, then again, that's that's on him. That's just on him. Speaking of the Patriots, they have NFL Network on. They're down 21 to nothing in the Super Bowl to the Falcons. Oh, really? Yeah, we're at 23 seconds from halftime. Hey, you that's this thing that's crazy. Yeah. They might lose that game, man. <laughs> you want to bet? I, I, no. Regardless, I, I heard that and I was like, man, these are things that the PR steps in and says. But I mentioned the red zone and how the Chiefs are going to make it a priority. This was Anthony Hitchens today talking about that red zone. Yeah, uh, first meeting Spags put up, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was three uh, criteria that uh, led to bad downs in the red zone. Uh, some of them was physical. Some of them was uh, just mental, uh, not doing the blitz correctly or not running the st- correct coverage that he called. And some of them was scheme related. Uh, he said he put some on himself that, you know, he made some bad calls as well. So uh, for for our coach to own up like that, you know, we, we take pride in that. Uh, uh, he's 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 sitting there in front of the whole defense saying that there's some calls he could have caught better. But at the same time, we also, you know, talking to ourselves that there's some things we could have did better as players. So, yeah, we all got we all got it in our forefoot of our mind, and we know in order to get better at it, you got to work at it. Uh, did we have perfect red zone days these last two days? No, not really. But there's things that we're seeing from our offense that we see around this lead. So they're playing Mahomes in May and not wait until you know week one or week three or four. So. Yeah, I just think we we all we all know that we was a thirty second team in the red zone. So yeah, we got some work to do, and it, it started on Monday or Tuesday. Spagnuolo's making a priority. Here's the honey badger's kind of the quarterback of that defense about the red zone. Yeah, I think uh, well, just talk about being better. I think we could be better in the red zone. Um, I feel like we uh, pretty much at the bottom of the pack. You know, really in every red zone statistic um so you know uh, teams are going to be able to put drives together on us um i think it's it's up to us it's up to the players to really um go out there and uh, try our best to keep guys out of the end zone um i think that's going to give you know our team you know a a greater chance to win you know if we're able to kind of um you know make teams throw the ball in the end zone you know instead of uh, actually you know running the football and so uh you know we've been we've been harping on it coach spags have been really harping on the details of it and um but i think that's that's something that I would love to see us, um, you know, really get better at uh, going forward, especially during the season. It's good to hear. First OTAs. Chiefs red zone defense last year allowed touchdowns on 77% of the regular season red zone drives. Highest rate in the NFL. But let's keep this in mind, too, with the red zone drives. As Matt McMullen for the Chiefs had tweeted out earlier, KC allowed the six fewest red zone drives of any team last year. So the red zone drives were successful at 77%, but... The six fewest red zone drives were allowed. So if the red zone defense improves, the sky's the limit for this group. I'm with him on that. He says his favorite, one of his favorite stats is Matt McMillan, the reporter from the Chiefs. KC allowed 20 or fewer points nine times last year. One of only three teams to do so. So it is good that they're thinking about this red zone defense. 
and it's a priority for them because they realize, okay, well, let's change this. We know that we're the six fewest teams, but when teams do get in that red zone, they had a lot of success. They had a success a tune of 77% of drives ending up allowing touchdowns. So, yeah, that's something they could correct. Obviously, six fewest, that's something to brag about. But when teams were getting there, they were having an effectiveness in the red zone. But the Chiefs, this is one of their priorities. One of the priorities for Steve Spagnuolo in this defense is to cure that. Coming up next, we'll switch gears back to the Kansas City Royals. One of my favorite interviews um, on the station periodically is J.J. Piccola. He's the assistant general manager, vice president of player development of the Kansas City Royals. He talks a lot about the minor league guys and guys down the minor leagues and what do they do. And he joins Cody and Gold from time to time and drops some nuggets because I'm sure you want to know about Bobby Witt Jr. And how's he doing? Nick Prado is the name you should get to know. Former first-round pick of the Royals, starting the hit. Started the hit going back to the alternative side. He dropped some nuggets. And what a lost minor league season meant to a lot of these players. We'll have that next. Bing at night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 